report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Now, today we're discussing Season 1, Episode 6 of The Bad Batch, titled Decommissioned. Uh, and as you can tell, I've decided to decommission my opening puns, um, as long as I can keep doing that. You know, just I feel like it's getting old. So, time to decommission that. Uh, so, Tom, can you tell us about uh, this week's episode? Sure. What we're going to be discussing tonight will be the Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 6, Decommissioned, as Stephen just so tried to get a pun into. This was directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and written by Amanda Rose Munoz. In this episode, the Bad Batch is on a mission to acquire a valuable asset. And, if, believe it or not, the Batch encounters smugglers after the same target. So it's, it's definitely kind of, um, I'm going to say... I think in this episode, it's building to a slow burn. We'll get to that a little bit later. But it's definitely setting up the batch as being like uh, mercenaries for hire. And this definitely does remind me of the book series that had Mira Jade in it, that had the stormtroopers kind of go off on their own. And I cannot remember, but it was a two-book series. This is kind of that, but this is with the Bad Batch. Yeah, this is this was a fun episode. Um, I know some people. I saw some people um, kind of annoyed with it online, and you know, while I, I don't, I don't, I I think of all of the episodes. You know, in you know, looking back, even at the Clone Wars and other animated series, they all had the quote unquote filler episodes that kind of fleshed out the characters, right, and and mm-hmm. and got let you get to know more about the world and that sort of thing. And we we've talked about this the last couple of weeks about how maybe the last two or three episodes have been more um we haven't really been developing the the empire side of things as much and that i think is a little less interesting i I mean the characters are are great but i really enjoy seeing how the empire uh rises Mm. and this episode really does give us more of that or at least it shows us how the old um the separatist uh army was was decommissioned and, and broken down and so i liked that even though you know, again, it was kind of self-contained. I think this will have larger repercussions on the rest of the season. Uh, and even if it doesn't, it's a, it's a fun episode. For me, this was the start of what we talked about last week, which is this is this is probably the bulk of the season, which are these kind of one-off episodes as, you know, the Bad Batch take a job here, just trying to figure out how to survive. And as we've seen with literally, literally every Dave Filoni show, mm-hmm. all these pieces will come together as we right. get towards the end. Uh, you know, without going too deep into it, like it is uh, not a minor thing that like you know Rafa and Trace show up here. It is not. Which I thought was cool. Like there is some. We'll talk about this later because right. it deserves its own discussion. But like there are some serious vibes for like Rebel season one here, where it's like mm-hmm. oh we've got a mysterious figure that we're that is being communicated to, and we'll find out throughout the season what's going on behind the scenes and how the Bad Batch will eventually plug into that. Right. For me, the what I like about this episode, it's, it's I don't understand people, this episode just moved everything forward, but it's giving you more information to grab onto to get you to the next story. Because like I said, the slow burn, 
Wrecker is the slow burn in this episode. Mm. So you know that something going forward is going to happen with him. Okay, yes. When it came to the 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 um, mission they were hired to go for, there was a tactical droid involved because it had to be retrieved for a client. So what's the point of that? It has to go forward. Now you've got them working for Sid. So it's mm-hmm. not, a, to me, this was not a filler filler episode. And then you have Rafa and and her sister in this episode. So this is this is building forward. This is not we're going to tell a story and boom, it's over. This basically was a continuation from last episode to this episode and just building forward. And like was mentioned, the coolest thing was the decommissioning facility because the one thing I did read online, this was supposed to be one of the most complicated things within 3D that they've done because they had to take all these droids for all these different battle droids and tactical tactical droid. Um, and super battle droids into the smelter and they had to make it all work. And then at the end, make all the stuff come together and actually be reactivated again. Yeah, it was, it was very technically imp- impressive. And and I, I, I would love to dive impressive. into that even, even in more detail in a moment, but just to, to kind of follow on to what you were saying, you know, this, this episode sets up a lot of re- I think really big plot points. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I was, I was excited. Like just, I, I yeah, wasn't expecting to see Trace and Rafa return. Um, what 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 were you guys thinking? Because when we watched when we watched Clone Wars season seven, like it seemed like they were they were part of the Ahsoka arc and and helped Ahsoka uh, kind of um, deal with having left the Jedi and get her to a point where she could go back to the Jedi a few mm-hmm. episodes later for the Mandalore arc. But that was kind of it, right? We didn't think we'd ever see these two characters again, and all of a sudden we're kind of getting this almost like a, a Clone Wars season seven reunion. We've got the bad batch. Now I've got Trace and Rafa returning. Um, I think this is showing that Clone Wars season seven was laying a lot more groundwork than we ever thought at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even go a step farther, which is I think the bad batch was Clone Wars season eight, potentially. And in something we were starting to see from, and maybe they, maybe they wouldn't have called it Clone Wars because they uh, order 66 is always going to be part of it. Um, but I think there was an element here of season seven was setting up some different ideas that Dave Filoni wanted to play with. And then whatever the next season of the show would be, the continue, the official continuation of Clone mm-hmm. Wars, mm-hmm. maybe it was called Bad Batch. Maybe it wasn't. Because right. um, if you think about like what we saw in season seven or what we were seeing in season, the lost season, season six and season five, especially they were defined, you know, they were roughly 20 episode seasons defined by three or four major arcs of three to four episodes. And we see uh, the Bad Batch and potentially Rafa and Trace being larger arcs in that that future season. And then Clone Wars goes away and eventually, you know, somehow a decade and a half or whatever later, we get here where it's like, ah, well, we always plan to do this. Now we can, we're just going to repurpose that season and just make it more Bad Batch focused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made any sense, but that that was that's my like gut feel on how this was all going. I I think you could be right. I think you could be right because again, when we were watching Clone Wars, I never thought we'd see them again. You know, and I think a lot of people right. didn't like they were they were there for that four episode arc. They were you know they were fine characters. I wouldn't say they were my favorites, but I didn't dislike them. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're fine, whatever. I, um, I think they they are much stronger now. Yes, than they were. Oh yes. Oh yes. yes. Because yes. of what we're seeing here, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Right. Well, also, also realize when they put together that seventh season, 
you don't know how much time they had. They didn't have enough time to actually. And, and I think we kind of talked about that. Those that four episode arc probably could have been done if I remember correct, like three and a half or maybe like three episodes. Okay, they they were not bad characters. And I've always said, and I'm gonna say it again: if you call attention to something, you better use it again. I think this is a case in which you call attention to these two characters. You kind of introduce them in like a way in season season seven. Now we're we're going to see exactly how far they're going in this, how much they've grown, and we've just seen that in this episode. They've grown immensely, and it was pretty cool to see them again because it's like, oh, again, you call attention to something, you use it later. So yeah. since you said that, Tom, let's discuss the elephant in the room. Okay, who were they working the- for? Right, because again, okay. like you said, they called attention to something. I suspect this is going to be a major plot point for the rest of the season, and there are a number of potential point. candidates. And I want to get your both of your thoughts. Like who okay. is the mysterious person in the hologram that Trace and Rafa are working for? Steven, you go first. It's just Ahsoka. It's I think. Be. I, I think we find this out within the next week or two. Honestly. Um, I think it, it makes sense to play with a little bit. I don't think we're going to get the season-long tease like we saw uh, previously. Mm-hmm. I Like, Roth and Trace, they have the relationship with Ahsoka. We know Ahsoka is uh, growing into her role, and I'm... What was her code name? I'm totally... Uh, Fulcrum. 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 Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, we know she's growing into Fulcrum right now. Like, that is the role she's playing in Rebels. Trace and Rafa make complete sense again as something that was set up in the clone Wars season seven Mm -hmm. like this is ahsoka building out that network that becomes useful in rebels um tom yeah you think okay i think and and i'm gonna i'm gonna explain why i think it's bail organa i have read people online saying oh wow this is going to basically retcon ek uh uh, ek jensen's novel the ahsoka novel i don't think that's the case because we were talking really briefly about the certain tactical droid that a client needed. I actually went to the episode where Ahsoka brought in the tactical droid in Rebels. And what happened at the end of this episode, when Ahsoka walked into uh, walked in Rebels with a tactical droid head, a full head, mm-hmm. that was not given to Rafa and Trace at the end of this episode. Uh, so, you, so you think the, ta- the tactical droid they recovered here is the same one Ahsoka has in Rebels? No. No. Oh no, because you don't. and I know no, it's not. Because what was handed to her from Hunter was the spike. They have Oh the right, of course. Unless, of course. Yeah, unless, 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 okay, you want to play with that a little bit. Okay. Here here's here's my I'm putting on my little little um pyramid hat. You want to play with that a little bit. If the bad batch at some point run across Ahsoka, then they would give her the tactical head droid. But at this point of the story. That tactical head droid, which is a different design than what they had in this episode. Yes, I am that geeky. I looked at both designs. Um, they're different droids. Doesn't matter because animation is animation. Doesn't matter. You can retcon it away. But they were given, Rafa and Trace, the spike, not the head. I think it's going to be Bail Organa. I don't think it's going to be Ahsoka at this time. I think Ahsoka is going to play into it maybe later. But I think that's going to happen after they meet Rex. I don't think at this point they're going to find out Ahsoka is alive until they meet Rex. And then at that point, they're either going to um, finish record Wrecker's story about the chip in his head, or that's going to be good soldiers follow orders. 
and that's when it's going to be full blown. We've got an issue, and they're going to get the chip out of his head. Now I'm taking off my little pyramid hat. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I. I think. I, I do think Ahsoka is the obvious choice. I think I think Ahsoka is where they're gonna go, like you, Steven. But it's, um, but it's too obvious. It's no, I'm sorry. You're, go ahead. You're, you are a hundred percent correct. But I think it's also the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> well, she does but, have that but, experience with Trace and Rafa. Now it's possible she connected. I think Bail Organa is a great guess. It's possible she she yeah. connected Trace and Rafa with Bail Organa, or it could be Rex himself. It could be. Um, I doubt it. Like I was kind of, I was, I was kind of brainstorming. Who could it be? We keep talking about how Boba Fett. Will, we think Boba Fett will show up in the season. I don't think he's connected to Trace and Rafa, but like, it's possible. Or it could be someone else. Like they hint that they're working for the rebels and they're trying to free the galaxy. Um, and if you analyze the the hologram very closely, it looks like there's some sort of hood or. Uh, some fancy design on the back. It could be like the hood of a Jedi robe or some sort of, um, you know, the back of a senatorial, you know, outfit. So I, I do think it's probably Ahsoka or Bale. I got a better idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Throw this one out there. Just again, I'm take, putting putting my pyramid hat back on. It could either be Kanan or it could be Hera. I yeah. I don't want to go I don't want to go with the yeah. obvious yeah because because if I put put it this way if I'm which I'm not if I'm the guy writing the series the last thing I want to do is go for the obvious at this point yeah I would rather have a left field that you guys know me I like left field and a left field for me that makes sense would be Bail Organa because he would be the middleman. Mm-hmm. It could always be Ahsoka because Ahsoka, let's say it's quote unquote, is still on hiding because of Order 66. Okay. So she could have contacted Bail Organa and got him on the track for uh, Chase and Rafa. Or it was Ahsoka that got a hold of Rex and it was Rex. I, I, I like the left field option because to me, at this point of the story, it's what makes sense. She can still be fulcrum. This to me makes better sense because I like the left field. Yeah. I, I, so the the one thing I, I've been going back and forth on is okay. So they we, we talked in previous episodes about how just even last week about how Wrecker's been having issues with his his head, and in this episode he hits his head and starts mm-hmm. repeating "Good soldiers follow orders." Yeah. And now some of that is him. He actually I only says "Good soldiers," and then kind of trails off, and then we hear echoes of Crosshair saying. Good soldiers follow orders, but I think that's semantics. Wrecker is—he's been triggered, and his chip is now active. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it—I mean, I don't think we know that it's fully active. That's true, but we haven't seen my, the Jedi yet. Right. True. Uh, okay. But he didn't. My my take on that was because we we saw Crosshair act differently as well. Crosshair was immediately suspicious of the rest of of Hunter and the rest. Mm-hmm. I don't think Wrecker has been fully triggered. But I think this is meant to show that, like, he's on he's on knife's edge. Right. He's going to give himself a concussion and then turn around and kill a bunch of Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess there's not really Jedi to kill. But he, he's going to try. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. I could see that. But, I could see but that. It, um, and, and here's the other thing. Um, the, the other theory out there when it comes to Omega, possibly being force sensitive. Okay. 
I, I, I would have a hard time thinking that is the case because I think the triggering mechanism of good soldiers follow order, Wreckers having issues, I think that would probably have pushed him over the edge after this incident by now. And then he would be turning on Omega. Uh, but, but Omega was never a Jedi. And I know, we don't know if the explicit the thing. text it's a sensitive of, thing. But, but is Order 66 uh, attack all four sensitives or attack the Jedi? But you see, that's the other thing, because remember, Rex was sitting there trying to explain to Jesse and all the other clones that Ahsoka left the Jedi Order. And he was trying to explain to them, if we do this right, we basically are going against our order because she basically at that point was not a Jedi and she still is not a Jedi. Right. And they were still trying to kill her. Yes, so but she was a, a former Jedi, which I feel like is a little bit more of a gray area than just like, oh, there's this young girl who has force sensitive, who may or may not be force sensitive, and I'm going to turn on her. I don't know. I feel like that is, there may be some leeway there. The reason, one one reason why I think the Ahsoka theory makes sense is because that is a perfect Jedi for Wrecker to turn on. Ahsoka... Enters the series, yeah. we're all super excited, and then boom, Wrecker goes after her. And I, I could see Ahsoka because I was, I was trying to remember. Okay, when, when does, when do we first see Ahsoka in the, in, in the novel, right? And I believe the novel starts a year after the Empire has been established. Give, give me a second, I can go grab. I'm it. looking, yeah, I'm, I'm looking on uh, at least Wikipedia right now. It says it's a year after okay. Empire, after the, after the establishment of the Galactic Empire. Which means, and, and this show is weeks still after the formation of the Empire. So there is room for Ahsoka for a very brief period without contradicting the Ahsoka novel. Steven, I didn't want to interrupt you. But I, I don't know. to say something uh, earlier. I was, no, I was just going to say, like, I, even if the book contradicted it, I don't think they would hesitate to change it if maybe. Yeah. But... The, the book, like, we've seen enough changes in canon. That is absolutely nothing new for Star Wars. You know, so be it. Yeah. <laughs> I really hate to say this, but one of these days, you'd love to see something in a book actually hold up instead of all these retconning things. To be fair, because actually, a lot of stuff does hold up. A lot of stuff does hold up. They just can't do 100%. And I think it's very right, easy it? to see the, 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 the 1% that doesn't, that they do right. change, versus the 99% that they don't change. Yeah, but... Like I am William and I William knows this. There have been plenty of cases where I've given like Disney grief over how Star Wars has been handled. But like I can't retconning is like deep in Star Wars' bones at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Just just take a look at who shot uh, first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but anyway. Well, I was gonna say, speaking of which how did you guys like uh, Omega learning how to use that energy bow? That inside a bar, no less. Okay, okay. basic safety rules. Don't shoot at the yes. entrance to the bar. <laughs> Everyone has to stand yeah. away from downrange. <laughs> well, and then on top of that, you keep shooting at the entrance of the bar. Do you think the place is going to make any kind of money? Right. Yeah. Oh, there's so yeah. many things wrong with that scene, too. <laughs> like, this Go is ahead. just like... It's one thing, like, there's a whole bunch of rules that are being violated about, like, handing children guns, which, you know, generally frowned upon. Um, there's a whole <laughs> additional set of rules when you're giving them something that requires phys physical strength, like a bow, that you yeah. know they can't handle. <laughs> like, uh... that's just, that's like, ah, 
we want to like guns are inherently dangerous and children, you know, don't know how to aim them or care for them properly. Let's add an additional complication where maybe it'll go off at any time while they're aiming. <laughs> and the funny thing about this bow, the the arrows basically look like they'll never stop. It's not like she's got to pull an arrow from a quiver on their on her back and put it inside the bow. All she has to do is just pull back and just keep releasing. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Very, and very scary. Uh, and I, it, I, sorry, Rad. No, it's Steven. Okay, I like. There's a couple good like jokes in this episode, um, but I appreciate the two like random people in the bar as well, just taking bets on it. Like I just. they don't add that much but it's just entertaining and i it it worked very well i I completely forgot about that that's true that was funny no this episode had some phenomenal writing i i I thought like from from like the banter in 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 the in the back of the bar i think their names are bolo and catch and to uh making fun of omega's aim to the um uh sid's dialogue was just I, I love oh. Sid more and more. Uh, I thought she was great at the beginning. She basically like forces them to work for her. And mm. then, of course, I don't know about you guys. My favorite part of the episode, the whole echo who's on first joke. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that <laughs> was so was, good. <laughs> that was brilliant. Oh, it was, is there an echo in here? <laughs> <laughs> it's everything we've ever done on the podcast. It's echo is first introduced. <laughs> oh. That, it's one of those things where like i don't I, I don't want to give them credit you know like that was a horrible joke but Damn, it, it, okay, wasn't a, okay. it was just perfect it was it, it was, was brilliant it was so brilliant and then on top of that you know you've got you've got tech is now being nicknamed goggles by sid <laughs> yeah okay I mean, where did that one come from? She's got great nicknames. I, I love it. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. Rhea Perlman is just be, killing did, it. Did you Sid. call Hunter in the last episode Dark and Dreary? Yeah, yeah Dark and uh, dark and Broody, I think. Whatever. Yeah, it was whatever. just, yeah. it was like, the, the best thing about it is, it, it's the off the cuff that is making the character so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I just, I really appreciated the writing. Um, and uh, I, I thought it just really stood out in this episode, a lot of the dialogue. So huge credit to um, Amanda Rose um, Munoz, who is, I think it was her first ever um, Star Wars episode. Wow. Did a, Congratulations. Did a really, really great, a great job on, on the on the writing there. Yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So good. So good. So they, they we, we started to talk about this earlier, but they head to Coronet City on uh, Corellia, uh, to go to the, the decommissioning facility, it was just so visually impressive. I loved seeing how all the battle droids were kind of disassembled, taken apart, melted down. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it added uh, a lot to the the backstories. Well, of course, they had to go do this. Mm-hmm. I, I have some choice uh, comments for the people who are running that factory, though. Like, <laughs> maybe things that have, I don't know, like energy, explosive energy involved, like, you know, blasters or things should probably be removed before, <laughs> like, as part of the process. Um, yeah, the droids all like, oh, hey, we're awake now. Guess we can start shooting and stuff. Just, it just feels like an accident waiting for happen. Like you I don't can, know. You can save the save the blasters. They're good blasters. You don't have the droids right. need to get melted well, sure. down. Okay, but, but uh, also, what's the? Is it OSHA? Like I don't know what the Star Wars okay. is. Yeah, but like I I just felt like 
OSHA was should have been involved it's, somewhere. It's, in it's Spatia. There, I like that. But look at it from the point of view of the factory, uh, the factory owner. Who's going to break into this factory? Okay, you've got these police droids that are supposed to be guarding the factory. Who's going to break in to take a bunch of decommissioned um, battle droids? You know that are that are in pieces. That are you know just even a Jedi could like slice one in half in a heartbeat, and they it, just go hey, and fall over. You know, it's an army so, just waiting for you. If you could figure out how to reactivate them. Oh, that's true. But it was it was so cool, and it, it really reminded me of like a, uh, the 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 Genosis battle droid factory, but in reverse. Thank you. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Conveyor belts, like, right? similar yeah. themes of like getting trapped under stuff, and the the um instead of the 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 molten you know metal being poured into the big vats, right? You had all the all the battle droids being sucked into this giant pit with the uh, with the the fire that just completely melts everything down. Oh, and really, by the way, I hate to say this, that just that just reminded me of Toy Story three, where they're all sitting there holding hands and they're gonna almost get into yeah. the smelter, and then the aliens come in from the, the claw and pull them out. Even, oh man, I'm about ready to start crying. Even the small little detail, like I don't know if you noticed, it's like that shot when Omega almost falls into. She starts to fall into the pit. And you start to see everything melting inside. And there's like this battle yep. droid's arm. It's like kind of reaching up. And it's not really moving. It's just out of the corner of the, of the screen. It just kind of melts into the, you know, into the, it's not lava, but it's, you know, the what, molten what, metal. Wouldn't you have loved to heard Matthew Wood just go, help me, help me. <laughs> oh, but just, I, I, I know we touched on it. Gotta say it again. Just the environment was just so, so wonderful to watch. And then when Rafa and, and, and Chase, uh, Jace came in, uh, Trace, um, just that was the one thing that just caught me off guard where you just mm-hmm. see these two figures come in and like work clothes with masks down. And then all of a sudden when the one lifts up, you're just like, wait a minute, that's Rafa. She was one of the factory. Oh, and then you realize that there was another group that was going after the tactical droid, not just the batch. Yeah. What did you think of the whole um, the 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 chase throughout the factory, the the big action set piece? Uh, what, what what did you guys think of of that? It felt decent to me, I would say. Um, again, very much vibes from Genosis, but I, I I thought it was generally serviceable, and kind mm-hmm. of the, having the creative ending with uh, the battle droids, I thought kind of it was just yeah, the, like it was a clever way to end it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was probably one of at this point, other than the chase scene that Hunter went on through the city trying to go after um, uh, Phoenix Sean, this was probably a very complicated scene to pull off. And they did a great job with it, especially when all the battle droids were activated by the the um, tactical battle droid. All that stuff just outstanding. I, I, I loved it. Yeah, that was a cool one. And it was a nice way of of uh, reinforcing that the the bad batch is they're, they're kind of now on the other, on the opposite side in, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in some ways they're not really, they're not part of the separatists, but they're, they're not part of the Republic either or the empire anymore. And, uh, you know, to see the battle droids fighting for them and them, you know, cheering them on is a very different sight than what we saw at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season or in the bad batch arc in the clone wars. It's completely different. And really yeah, they cool even turned see. away from them. 
Yeah. That was the other thing. When they first activated, they turned away from them. Yeah, I think they reprogrammed them not to not to attack. Them, well, yeah, thankfully, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it's some cool, cool reprogramming, and I just love the concept of the whole thing. Also, the the reactivated Baldroids just had a very almost zombie like vibe with like partially I, partially disassembled lim- missing limbs with like wires sticking out. It's one of those things like just having them each be look noticeably different you know some missing mm-hmm. arms some missing legs some missing heads just again made it feel it, it just it worked very well um it's one of those things that it adds budget but like really it really sells it yeah well does it really add budget when they've destroyed so many over the years they no, just gotta pull uh, a part from here another part from here a battle of damage from just kidding <laughs> wrong time type of budget tom well that's true you, you got a point on that one yeah uh, I have to say though, even though we've seen Trace and Rafa before, and we know they ultimately have a good heart, I was still surprised to see a little bit surprised just to see them come back and and rescue Omega. Given that Trace like ran outside, she basically let, went through the door. It seemed like it was the last we've seen her. And Hunter, of course, goes into dad mode and is like racing to save Omega. Uh, but sure enough, Trace is the one. She kind of returns and. And, and together, she and Hunter are able to to rescue Omega just in time, which was a nice, a nice touch. And seems to imply, like I think we'll see Trace and Rafa again in this se- oh, in this series. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think my biggest surprise is just that we didn't like we get their names a little bit throughout the episode, but I I think the majority of the episode, like you, if you didn't know mm. who these characters were from Clone Wars, like they they didn't mean anything to you. Um, I think it's something the episode could have done a little bit better is to mm, somehow make it feel like it was a little bit more connected. Like it, they were too much of a, a part of the episode to be like a, a, just a reference like we've seen in The Mandalorian. Right. But they weren't given enough backstory to feel like, you know, uh, uh, like a, a well-defined integral part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I agree. If you didn't know about them, it, who who are these people? You know, I guess they're fine. They're no different than any other random character, but they ha- definitely have no. Uh, but no he, even random her. characters usually have like. Then you get their arc in the episode. Yeah, you know, it's the scoundrel, the smuggler who decide to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Here, we because we are expected to know them. It it's a it's different or com- feels different to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good point. And and you know Omega instantly forms a connection with them and basically, basically tells them, hey, if you ever want to join up, here's where our base is. Come come find us. So, um, you, you think that was a little bit of a, uh, you don't reveal where your base is. Yeah, so Hunter Hunter better tell her that. Um, <laughs> yeah, number don't five, just start inviting everybody yeah. over for a party. Probably important. But again, I th- yeah. I think that 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 that's them tipping their hand that Trace and Rafa will be back and that's how they find them. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I, th- I think, I think that was done purely for storytelling reasons so that Trace and Rafa can come in and help them at some point. Oh, I, I, I totally get it. I just, I just thought it was kind of funny that she just mentions that it's like uh kid. We're kind of on the run. Like, uh, no. Yeah. So, so one, one, one kind of plot point that's it's that's raised in this episode is the question about who hired uh who hired the batch to go after this 
valuable intel in the tactical droids head in the last episode we saw them work for Jabba the Hutt they didn't know who they were working for Jabba at the time but they mm-hmm. they were and they they rescued the 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 baby rancor for for Bib Fortuna in this episode we never actually find out who the client is um but it's implied that they you know that the client may or may not be reputable and that the uh and that Trace and Rafa's client seemingly the rebel alliance or the the early the people who become the rebel alliance right um are uh, is is a much more noble cause than whoever it is that hired the batch who do you think one i guess two questions for you both one who do you think hired the batch and two uh is this the they're they've only just started working for sid but they're already placing doubts Uh, we're already starting to see uh, doubts that like the, the the maybe the missions they're taking for Sid aren't aren't the aren't aren't are are, are, are not, not quite on as the up un- and up. Yeah, exactly. Or or maybe just aren't as aligned with their ultimate goals and as they would like. Maybe they're working for more disreputable people. What do you think about both of those? Hmm. Wouldn't surprise me. The the line about having to choose sides definitely resonates as like, oh, that's we're definitely setting something up here. Yeah. I, I, I would say, although probably wouldn't work, I would say it's the client from the Mandalorian, but I just, that throwing out there as a joke is not... Uh, not I would be surprised if we're seeing the Empire here in some way. Yeah. And it's, that's just, again, they're, right now they're decided to sit out on the side and this is going to, eventually they'll be brought back in. Yeah, we never see how Sid reacts or the buyer. Uh, so I'm... I hope we get to see that next week and get a little bit more insight into uh, uh, how that was received. You know, now that I think about it, this is almost playing out like you could take last week's episode and this week's episode back to back and make it just basically one episode. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Watch it. Yeah, you really could. And I I think maybe next week's too, if they they go back to Sid and kind of pick up the... Because I don't think Sid will... It would be weird if Sid gave them another mission without addressing the fact that they completely failed mm-hmm. the last mission. They gave away the data to two random people in there, you know, rather than take it home for themselves. But okay, but that's the other thing. Do you think they tell her? Do you think that they're that honest to tell her that they basically split the data? I mean, I don't know if they Unless, tell her they, they, they're, they're, because they're actually going back with with the tackle droid head. It's not like they're going back with the spike. Well, they don't have anything. Yeah, I I mean, I doubt they'll be completely be like, yeah, we just gave it away. I think those let her know that job didn't go as planned would be my guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, so I guess, I guess we'll see. Feeling. Feeling ready to rate? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So who wants to go first? Uh, here, I will volunteer this time. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to give it a solid uh, seven and a half out of ten Womp Rats. This felt like just a decent episode to me. I think the only thing missing was just giving Rafa and Trace a little bit more of an arc in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, not relying on them as kind of knowing who they are in order to kind of make them feel valuable. But otherwise, like, to me, this feels like the beginning of what we're going to see over the next couple of episodes, which is good. And it, it ends with a nice mystery. 
Um, cool. And it turns out, uh, you know, we we were speculating about who it might be. Um, but would, wouldn't you know, it's seven and a half Womp Rats that are uh, Roth and Trace's secret con, con, uh, contact. It's just weird. Part of uh, Ahsoka's secret Womp Rat, ne- Womp Rat network. That's why we never heard the the other end of the hologram talking. That's very yeah. true. Womp Rats can't talk, William. That explains it. Little, little known fact. <laughs> for, for what it's worth, I do think uh, Lucasfilm learned not to... Um, not to you know do a modify someone's voice <laughs> because fans will figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, um, you know what? I'm gonna volunteer and I'm gonna go next. I'm giving this one an eight. I'm I'm giving it an even number eight. Uh, I like the episode. I've I've said I've said enough to the show to to show that I really enjoyed it. Um, I am going to stick by my. I think whoever Rafa and Trace were talking to at the end of the episode. I am hoping it's a left field. I'm hoping it's not going to be the obvious because I think that would work for me a lot better than the obvious. All of the obvious would work. So I'm going to take my eight Womp Rats. And the funny thing was when the uh, echo line came up, the the echo, what you really didn't hear, there were eight Womp Rats that were actually echoing in the background to continue that echo going and going and going and going and going. Until they accidentally fell into the smelter. So. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to split the difference actually. Uh, I thought this was a, was a, was a great episode. I, I really enjoyed, well, I wouldn't say it was like the best episode ever. I really, I really enjoyed seeing more about how the, the separate destroyed army was decommissioned and mm-hmm. seeing trace and Roth again. was a nice surprise that I, I never expected. Um, I think they were some of the last people I would have expected to show up again. So it was really cool to, to, to see them come back. Um, and you know, I, 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 I like how they're developing, uh, the kitchen more. Also the writing, I'd say the writing alone was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, yeah. uh, and the dialogue. And so, um, you know what? I uh, know I was going to split the difference, but I'm just going to do it. I, I'm going to go with you, Tom. I'm going to do a solid eight because, because of the writing alone, actually, yeah. uh, that, that's that's one of the reasons why I gave it that. Time. I was gonna go it seven seven point seven five and nope, I'm gonna go straight with an eight because the okay. uh, last minute change because of the, the the writing. But yeah, it was a, it was a great. Um, uh, the writing was fantastic and uh, one of the, some some hilarious writing. Yeah, it, it, it looked gorgeous and yeah, I'm excited to see. I feel like this this the end of this is a huge cliffhanger and I'm I hope they don't make us wait long. I don't think they will, given that it's a. 16 episode season and we have 10 episodes left. So, wow. And we don't know if there's more seasons. So like, I think they're going to try to, I think they're going to try to develop this in this season. So making us wait till the, the end. So yeah, I'm going to get eight Womp Rats out of 10 and uh, my eight Womp Rats are just on. They're actually helping the EV series droids with security outside in, in Coronet city. So they're, you know, they're part of the reason why, the batch was able to sneak in They're They're not great security. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, um, yeah, coming up next on Ion Cannon, we have our review of the bad batch season one, episode seven, as always title to be determined. Uh, looking forward to reviewing this with you guys. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. It's hard. They don't, they don't ever really tease what's coming next, but, We'll find out soon enough.
Thanks for listening, guys, and may the Force cool. be with you. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.